o'clock and I'm a tight schedule this evening because we are privileged to be hosting uh, Rabbi Professor Jeffrey uh, Wolf at 7.30. So I'll get straight into it. So we are... Chat. Okay, so we have uh, this week's parasha is Bahar uh, Bukhukotai. And one of the mitzvahs that come up in this parasha, I'll bring at the beginning of the source sheet over here. Bechitim kerumim kala mitecha. So over here we are talking about when you sell a property or you buy, you shall not wrong another. So this is uh, talking about ripping people off. That's the broad base of the halacha, that you're not allowed to rip somebody off. And if you rip them off, halachically you're obligated to, uh, to make compensation. You have to pay them back. Um, if it is uh, if it is more than a sixth of what the what is considered the recommended price, then the whole sale is null and void. If it is between, uh, if it is up to a sixth of uh, you've been ripped off, so then the people are obligated to pay the difference. And if it's less than a sixth, then it's uh, then it's uh, then it's accepted. Now, the, the medrash that I've quoted over here is uh, sort of takes the pasuk out of out of context, almost completely out of context. And sell as follows. V'chitin karu, Rashi brings us. L'fi pshuto kemashmo. So simply speaking, it says, when you buy or sell to a fellow Jew. V'od yesh rasha, minayim kesheata mocher, machol Yisrael chavarecha. So it says, where do we know that if you, are buy, if you are selling something, you should always sell it to a Jew? Talmud loma, v'kitim kru minkala mitecha machor. So since the pastor comes and says, when you, selling to a Jew, when you sell something to a Jew, so the literal reading is, when you are selling to a Jew, you can't rip them off. But the, what the Rashi is saying is that when you sell, you should sell to a Jew. That's how it wants to expand it. And similarly, if you're going to purchase something, you should always purchase it from a fellow Jew. So that is the way Rashi understands the Pasuk, albeit it's not the simple, it's not the simple understanding. But nevertheless, <coughs> Rashi's reading is this idea that when you're purchasing, you should always purchase from a Jew, and when you're selling, you always should sell from a Jew. So that is something that, dare I say, that uh, many of us have heard. You know, you should always support uh, your chevra, you should always support Jewish businesses and the like. Um, but how far does that extend? So the goal this evening is to try as best as possible to uh, come to some understanding about when are we obligated by law to uh, support Jews um, regardless, and when are we saying, no, your person should go be able, if they're going to buy or sell, you should try and get a good deal. And if good deal means selling to a Jew, great. And if a good, meal, a good deal means selling uh, to a non-Jew, then uh, so be it. So the first source we have for uh, us this evening is a, uh, a source called Shut Harama. So the Ramah, the uh, Rav Moshe Isilis, was the Ashkenazi leader in the 1500s in Krakow, Poland. And he, along with Rav Yosef Karol, who is based in Tzfat, wrote together, I suppose you could say, wrote together the Shulchan Aruch. They rewrote it together. They just came out at the same time, but they are put together. So Rav Moshe Isilis is the Ashkenazi um, um, uh, authority. And he is dealing with a question over here, which unfortunately I could not find an English translation to. But let me give you the gist of the, the situation he's dealing with. In Italy, there was a rabbi known as the Maram Padua. And what he did 
was he sought to print a set of uh, Maimonides' great work, the Yada Chazaka. And he was going to print it, and he had organized a, a particular printing press to do the printing, and was uh, about to go to, uh, go to print. And another printer, who wasn't Jewish, was uh, a bit outraged that the Maram Parwa did not use his printing press, and swore that he was also going to print a set of the Rambam, and he was going to do it at a much discounted price to whatever the Maram Parwa was going to be able to do, in order to, to flood the market with Rambams, in such a way that it would uh, cause a financial loss to Maram Parua. And the question that was asked to the Ramah of Moshe Isilis was, are we obligated? So I want to go buy a set of Rambam. If I go buy the Maram Parua's version of the Rambam, it's going to cost me $200. If I go buy this other guy's version, it's going to cost me $150. So am I obligated to buy, you know, the uh, Maram Parua's one? Or can I, in fact, uh, buy the, the, uh, the other version? So he says as follows. Let me just uh, see if I can hold on a sec. He says as follows. So let me just get all muting here. All right. He says as follows. So I'm just doing where this underlight. So he quotes a Gomorrah that comes and says, when it comes and tells you that where do we know that when you buy, you should always buy from a Jew. So what is what's, what are we thinking? Surely... That's obvious. Obvious that when you buy, you got to buy from a Jew. If I got, if I go in and the, the Jew selling me product A and a non-Jew selling me product B, why on earth would I ever have what we call the Havamina? Why would I ever think in a, that I should be able to buy from the Gentile as opposed to buying from the Jew? It says it must be talking about a case when Rashi, you know, that based on this method, if Rashi says you should always buy Jewish over non-Jewish, it must mean even if there's a price differential. I mean, obviously, if they're the same price, you should buy from the Jew. So what's the Torah need to come and tell me that you should buy from a Jew? So it says, must be in a case that uh, the, the Jew is more expensive than the Gentile. So that being said, he does quote another Gomorrah over here, where it talks about an interesting case that what would happen. So it's based on a verse that comes out in Dvarim Aval, um, where you have a case where you were shechting meat, and the meat is, um, let me just say, the, the meat is treif. So you bought this uh, cow for $1,000 and you went and it was shechted and they checked it and in fact it was treif, it had some blemishes on the lung and it was treif. And now you have two options on what to do with the carcass. You're near it's Israel, there are not a lot of Gentiles around and there are two kinds of Gentiles. You've got someone called a ger toshav. Ger toshav is a, a, a Gentile Who's binding by the the Noahad laws is a is a is let's say is a good citizen of the of the of the state, and then you have your broader Gentile community who are not part of that, and they prepare to pay for it. So, is it preferable to give it to the Gentile to the Ger Toshav for free, or to sell it to the uh, to sell it to the other the other butchers? So, the Torah comes and says that you should give it to the Ger Toshav. You should give it. So if that's the case, why? Is this because you have a certain affiliation? This is a member of, let's say, member of your community. So like if we're going to use this, is um, the broader Australian or sell it to China. So you should rather give it to the Australian than sell it to China. So that's, uh, he quotes the Gemara comes and says, if that's the case, vis-a-vis Gentiles and vis-a-vis Jews, all the more so, um, you, should, you should do so. And so the Ramba, the, the Ramah is very clear that 
no question that if there's an opportunity to, to, uh, to support a Jew over a Gentile, you should always support the Jew, even if it means that there's going to be a cost. Now, the reason it brings two sources, why, why do we need the source of the, uh, of the carcass going amiss? Why not enough just from the, the original Gomorrah that comes and says, if you are buying something, buy from a Jew, and if you sell, sell to a Jew. So he explains that when it comes to buying and selling, ultimately, the, the name of the game is making profit. So I can understand that you say, if I'm going to buy, to, buy from a Jew or sell, you know, if I'm going to sell to a, a Jew, if I'm going to sell to him at a lower price that I could sell to a Gentile, so what am I forfeiting? I'm forfeiting profit. So for a fellow Jew, you have to forfeit profit. But what about losing money? When it comes to losing money, do I have to lose money in supporting Jews over Gentiles? And he says, that is exactly why it brings the case of the carcass. Because in the case of the carcass, you have this carcass that you could sell. So you bought it for $1,000. It's now worthless because you can't sell it for kosher meat. And so you're going to sell it. You can either sell it to China for $100 because that's all they'll pay for it. That's the market for no good carcasses. Or you can give it to your local neighbor you know, local Gentile neighbor. And the halacha is, you have to give it to your local Gentile neighbor. So if that's the case, you see that even if you're losing money, because I'm losing $100, this isn't profit anymore. This is I'm losing money. So according to the Ramah, yeah, that even if it means losing money, you should always support a Jew over a Gentile. All right, so that's, that's the, the first main source. Now, the second source I want to bring over here is uh, a book that is not as well known. The author is definitely very well known, but the, uh, this particular book less so. So the Chofetz Chaim was Rav Yisrael Meir Kagan. Uh, Rav Yisrael Meir Kagan was the Rav in Raden, which was, <coughs> if I'm mistaken, was on that uh, Polish uh, border. And uh, he wrote a number of works, most notably the one which is named after, which is the Chofetz Chaim. Chovetz Chaim is a book about Loshon Hora, not speaking Loshon Hora, and that's where the, he is actually most well known. But he wrote a number of other books um, of halachic stature. The most notable is a book called the Mishnah Brua, which is the practical daily halacha that almost all of modern Jewish life follows. But he wrote another book that we have over here called Ahavat Chesed. So Ahavat Chesed literally means loving kindness, and it is actually a book that deals with loans. Free loans. So this week's is also in this week's parasha that you're not allowed to charge a fellow Jew interest. So the so the Chofetz Chaim over here talks about different elements of you know free loans, how it works, and how it operates, and when a person is obligated and when a person is not obligated to uh, give of these uh, loans. Now it's a little bit small. Yeah. Let me just see if I can make it a bit bigger. There we go. All right. So he says as follows. This is in chapter five. Be it noted further. That the same consideration applies to buying and selling. When a Jew has something to sell, and both a Jew and a non-Jew wish to buy it, he should sell it to the Jew. And the same preference is followed in, is followed in buying. So scripture ordains, and if you sell ought to your neighbor or buy from your neighbor's hand, here the sifra elucidates. This is the Rashi we quoted earlier. If you sell, sell to your neighbor, the Israelite. And if you buy, buy from your neighbor, the Israelite. Obviously, the same rule applies to renting of an article or tool. It is better to rent from a Jew if the renter will derive equal benefit from either one. Okay, so that's what we saw in the Medrash. Now, he continues. Even if the non-Jew is willing to pay somewhat more, nevertheless, it is preferable to sell to the Jew for less. The same principle applies to buying. It is better to, buy, to pay the Jewish seller slightly higher price. So that's what we saw. And he quotes here 
As you can see, he quotes the Ramah. He quotes the, the thing we just saw. Now, for some reason, I switched the orders here. Um, there should have been five, should have been another side, but uh, carry on in five here. Know that in the law, preferring the free loan to a Jew or the loan at interest to a non-Jew. So this is talking about, I, have, I, have a, I want to invest. I've got $1,000 to loan. So I loan it to a Jew. I'm going to give him 1000 going to give me back 1000 If I give it to a Gentile, I can get 1100 back. He says, <coughs> the authorities hold conflicting opinions. Some assert that even if the lender would derive a substantial return from the loan to the non-Jew, the Torah still obliges him to give a free loan to the Jew as long as the amount is within his means. He incurs no loss in lending to the Jews since his money will be restored to him. He only fails to earn profit for the period of the loan. So even if he, he doesn't lose here, it's not a problem. As long as if he doesn't profit, still you should preference the Jew. Moreover, his livelihood is not affected as was explained. Okay. Others, however, want to rule that the priority is only enforced where the return is small. Where profits are large, he's not required to forego them. This opinion seems evident to some extent the response of the remark, meaning as follows. There are times when one is obligated and there are times when one's not obligated. And what's it come down to? It comes down to how much the difference is. So if, if there's, um, if, you, if you look here and uh, uh, the number seven here, I, I didn't highlight it. It is better to pay the Jew seller a slightly higher price. So if something costs $20 in the Coles, and the Jewish store across the road is selling it for $20.50. So you should definitely go buy it from the Jew. If the Jewish is selling it for $30, well, then there would be no obligation to preference the Jew over the Gentile because there it's not considered a, a significant amount. And so therefore, there is considered a significant amount. And therefore, the privileges of uh, putting the Jew over the Gentile would not be in effect. So what you've seen up until now is the idea of... Definitely one should buy a Jewish first. However, that is only, according to the Chofetz Chaim, so long as we're not talking about significant differences between the Jewish and the Gentile prices. If there are significant differences, then, then the question is, what would that difference be? How much does it need to be different? So, you know, if I'm buying a, a Coke at one place for a dollar and a, and a Jewish place is a dollar fifty, so it's, okay, it's a 50% more, but uh, 50 cents, what's 50 cents? But if I'm buying a house and one guy is selling for a million and the one other guy is selling for one and a half million, so that's a big difference. So I think, you know, how does it work? So I'd like to quote over here um, a response by uh, a rabbi who's still alive, Rav Moshe Sternbach, who's, uh, I think, the head of the Eide Haredi in Jerusalem. And he's, ask, he's asking the following question. Shayla, I have a question. In Mutala Adifliknot Bechanot Shalgoi, so he is asked the, the same question we've been asking. Is it better to purchase from a Jew? And he extends it here, an observant Jew. Um, or to buy from a non-Jew or, or a non-observant Jew who's selling it at a much lower price. What are the obligations? So he says as follows. So he quotes our Rashi. When you buy, you should only sell to you. Okay. So the, the, the main idea here, So he says, it would appear that even if the non-Jew is considerably cheaper, 
you should always preference the Jew ad stut. So this ad stut means one sixth. So we start off the shir saying that there's a concept in halacha that this original verse that we quoted from the Torah that one cannot rip off a fellow Jew. How much is considered ripping off? So we said if it's more than a sixth of what is considered an acceptable price. Now exactly what is considered an acceptable price in and of itself is not so clear because I think we all know that if you go buy a can of Coke at uh, Coles, it's going to cost you a dollar or a dollar fifty. And if you buy the same can at the rugby, it's going to cost you six dollars. And that would not be ripping off, even though it's clear that one is much more expensive than the other. So there are definitely limits, you know, in, in context. When you go to the airport, things are going to be significantly more expensive. So we accept that. But if you've got two stands you know, in the same, say, at the, at the cricket, you're going to watch a cricket and stand one is selling uh, a Coke for $2 and the other one's selling it for $6 and it's the identical product and everything else is exactly the same, that's when this would apply. So Rav Moshe Sternberg comes to say that if you are talking about a sixth more than what the price would be, so then that is a case where uh, you should go preference the Jew over the Gentile. If it's more than a sixth, then there's no obligation to buy Jewish. Now he goes into an interesting explanation. And he says, Now I wonder, now you've got it here in front of you in the English, so you can follow it. <coughs> and I wonder, I, I don't know anyone who, who has been so meticulous in only purchasing from Jews. You know, they're more expensive. What do people do? They go buy the best price. I don't know people that as a, as a, as a, as a principle say, I only buy from Jews. You know, people buy where it's the cheapest. So, so he's trying to understand, like, why is this? And we're not talking about, you know, people who are, are tight with money. We're talking about people who follow halacha to the letter of the law. And yet even amongst them, we don't see this thing take place. So it says, so we don't see people do this. Even in people who show my Torah mitzvahs, even people who are very meticulous in observing Torah. This we have, I've never seen anyone, maybe there are been odd few pious individuals who do this, but the reality is, in my experience, says Rav Moshe Sternbach, I haven't seen people do this. So he explains, So therefore, I would like to explain the commonly held practice that people are not stringent regarding this. Says the main rationale behind the Medrash coming and saying that you should buy and sell to Jews. Said what would the rationale be that you support Jews over Gentiles? Says it's 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 a familiar form of chesed of kindness. That I want to help my fellow Jew. I want to support my fellow Jew. It says, Because you're concerned for his livelihood. But if the Jew has a very flourishing business, and he's doing really well. And the reason he's charging the prices that he's charging is not because he's scraping the bottom of the barrel and he's trying to put food on the table. It's because he has a lifestyle to support. He wants to drive nice cars. He lives in a nice house. And it, and it costs money to do those sort of things. And that's why he charges the prices that he charges. In that situation, there is no obligation to support the Jew over the Gentile. 
only part of supporting the Jew of the Gentile is where you are doing it to people who need the support. It is all part of the mitzvah of chesed, of kindness, and to a certain degree we'll expand this to tzedakah. It says, the other rabbi, on the contrary, chayecha kodmi. So this is something based on this week's parasha, <coughs> which is that if you have, um, if, so the way that the, the, the Gemara brings it out, if I've got one flask of water and I have to share it with somebody, and if I don't share it, if I, don't share it, if I share it with him, we'll both die. And if I don't share it and keep it to myself, he'll definitely die. What should we do? So the Gemara learns out in the name of Rabbi Akiva that Chayecha Kodmi, you have to support your friend with you, but you have to take care of yourself first. You're, you take priority first. And then once you're taken care of, then you worry. This is what they say in the airlines. Put your own gas masks on first and then uh, assist those people next to you. So your life comes first. So when we're talking about supporting, you know, poor Jews, so then definitely you support them. But we're talking about making him rich. So hold on a second. I have to worry about my own finances. I don't have to um, pay for his lifestyle at the cost of my own lifestyle. My own life comes first. Okay. Why should I have to worry about his financial um, success at the cost of my own? And since most uh, sellers, most shop owners have a decent panasa, have a decent living anyway, therefore it appears that there is no obligation whatsoever to support Jew over Gentile. Therefore one should not feel in any way guilty or obliged to be able to support uh, to support. Jewish businesses at a cost to one's own. Now, just um, a couple of uh, points that come up. This, this question um, always struck me as something that I struggled with because when I was, when I was, um, when I was in Yeshiva the first time, you, you could buy all those in Israel, those like shirts that you can get your name printed on the back and it's got IDF or whatever. And you can get all these shirts and you go into the stores and it's a plain shirt and then they print the, the picture on it and you get... All the different Israeli fashions. And if you bought it in the Arab shuk in the, the old city, it would cost 20, 30 shekels. And if you went on to Ben Yehuda Street and bought it at the Jewish stores, it would cost 50, 60 shekels. And at the time, I was like wondering, so what should I do over here? It's, you know, it's a significant difference. So, so in my ears, and moving all politics aside, it was just the question is like, people say, no, you have to support Jews. You have to support Jews. So according to Rav Moshe, no, why do you have to support Jews? You know, at the end of the day, I was a poor yeshiva bocha, and I have to pay double the price to go to the Jewish stores in Ben Yehuda Street? Absolutely not. So, so that was something which was quite interesting. Now, one of the things, just to expand a little bit upon this, which I think is quite interesting, and that is, what about tzedakah? So if according to this whole rationale, the reason that you buy Jewish over Gentile is because it's chesed. This is a person who's trying to make a living, and they, they're struggling to make a living. And so therefore, you should give them the business to help them out. So is that considered tzedakah? Meaning, um, I could buy this, I don't know, let's, uh, I could buy this phone. I could buy this phone for $1,000 at the local store or from the Jewish store for, for $1,500. But the guy who's, who's selling me, the Jew who's selling me phones, he's really struggling. This is very difficult for him to uh, make ends meet. Maybe, uh, maybe I should support him. So the question is, is the only reason that, the, according to Rav Sturmuk, that I should support him is because he's really struggling to make ends meet. 
So can I count that $500 difference as tzedakah? So, so now, I haven't seen this explicitly, but it seems to me to be a, a dava pashut. It seems to me quite straightforward and obvious. That if at the end of the day, our obligation to help a fellow Jew is born out of chesed, and that's the only time there's an obligation. So why should the obligation be that I lose money to help him? I can use my tzedakah to help him. So assuming that I'm not getting any benefit from that tzedakah, I could buy the identical product cheaper, and I'm just going to spend more to help his business out. So, excuse me. So I think then, then it would be completely permissible within the realm of halacha to be able to use tzedakah. So, um, so it's an area where, interestingly enough, it's not, uh, it's not a tzedakah concept per se, but one would be able to, uh, to use tzedakah. So I, I do see this uh, come up. I've had this as a, f- a question over the years. For example, I've had cases where people wanted to care, uh, wanted to um, employ people. That to employ a Jew would be more expensive than to employ a non-Jew. So I can, you know, I can get a Jew. So uh, when it comes to blue-collar workers, for example, so very simple workers. So blue-collar, it's very hard to find a Jewish blue-collar worker. Jews will not work for the uh, blue-collar price. So the question is, so, uh, I can pay a blue-collar worker $20 an hour, but I'm not going to get a Jew for less than $30 an hour. But the guy needs a panasa. So what should I do? So the answer is simple. You pay the Jew $20 an hour from the business, and you supplement $10 an hour from your tzedakah money. And in that such a way, you have now fulfilled this whole idea of, A, preferencing a Jew over a non-Jew, but also not costing the business. This is not, the, this is not a business decision. So I mean, it's not it's not it's not the business that that should sac- be sacrificed on the cheshbon of being able to give a, a Jew uh, panasa. So I think it's a, I do think it's a, a rational. Uh, it's not a. I wouldn't say it's a leap. I just think it's the next uh, logical uh, step from this whole thing of uh, tzedakah. Um But in essence, I think as you see, there's a comprehensive. This is a, a challenge that has uh, uh, been within the Jewish community. Uh, from time immemorial, no doubt will continue. But I think we need to be able, on the one hand, to be able to see when it is that we should support Jews over Gentiles. But also, I think we need to be able to say that there's, uh, there are limits to that. Now, a question that lo- one last part that I'll put in is that <coughs> what about supporting uh, Gentiles over Gentiles? So, for example, we've got uh, IGA, who's got, you know, really is trying to help the Jewish community, and the greengrocer who's really trying to help the Jewish community, should we buy from them, even though they're much more expensive than buying from Coles? So, you know, for like for like products. So should I go support the greengrocer? So that is much more, I think, of a, um, a business decision rather than a halachic decision, so to speak, is that um, at the end of the day, um, IGA and the greengrocer are supporting the Jewish community because they feel that it's a, it's a good investment for them, that if they support the Jewish community, the Jewish community will support them. And, um, and you scratch our back, we'll scratch your back, and it's a business decision. But I think it's very different from supporting a fellow Jew, where the idea over there is not to support the Jew um, as a business decision, but the opposite, to support a Jew as a point of tzedakah. All right, everybody, I will unmute everybody now. If